You're listening to Sascapes, a podcast featuring the stories of arts, culture, and heritage in Saskatchewan. Welcome back. This is part two of my conversation with six artists who push the boundaries of artistic expression through their work. I'm Kevin Power. Enjoy the continuation of part one. There's something that, sorry, I didn't mean to interject. Um, There's something that keeps being brought up in this conversation, which is the difference between um, varying degrees of public and private context um, and sort of this this notion of exposure. And I think it's worth talking about because uh, one of the the comments that was said about the work was, well, it's fine if it's in a gallery. Like, put it in a gallery. Why not there? Like, why why outside? Why here? And I think there's uh, even that uh, interview on The Current, they were talking about uh, the purpose of public art and how that's somehow different than contemporary art has a different function and purpose in, yeah. in most minds, or at least the minds of the people interviewed. And I personally, uh, I don't feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that to, to, to have this exposure, to put that work in the public, is where it belonged the most. It wouldn't have made as much sense in the gallery. And I'm hoping to do a new rendition of the work that'll make that really opaque. But um, I think that it's it's... It's that exposure of putting something like that that's from art history. It's a found object. It's referencing uh, other works. The word compressions comes from uh, Cesar, mm-hmm. uh, his works, and mm-hmm. that's a reference there. And then, obviously, Duchamp's work. And then just, like, the social aspect, the the labor aspect, that's all new in terms of uh, in reference to a lot of other works that are placed around the city that aren't having that same prerogative. And I think that exposure is what makes people know uh, or familiar with these different things in art history. If we keep tucking it away in gallery spaces and refusing to expose it to the public saying that the gallery is an elite safe space Uh that maintains that elitism that people are critiquing within art are you receiving additional funding for said reinterpretation no (laughs) not at all not at all Every penny I have goes back into my practice. And that's another thing, too, is um, my husband and I were talking about it, and, and I don't feel <coughs> guilty about being paid for my work. It rarely ever happens. This was the first public the first public commission I've ever even applied for, and I, and I was very lucky to get it. But, uh, but I also worked hard to get it. Yeah. I worked very hard. I spent three months putting together that application, mm-hmm. not to mention all of the research that Adrian was talking about that artists put into their work. Mm-hmm. So... I don't feel a need to apologize for that, and that money goes directly back into my practice all the time. Um, so I think that having to feel like I have to defend myself like mm-hmm. before this sort of a public audit, when, yeah. like we were saying, all these other um, possibly more dubious sources of uh, public money are being funded all the time, I don't think that it's appropriate. I don't think that I want to encourage it. And that money also goes back into the community. Yeah. That's right. You know, yeah. Home, Home Depot, the home hardware yeah. stores, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so lunch at the restaurants around the place. <laughs> so that money, you know, not only goes stays to the artists, yeah. it stays in the community. Yeah. Yeah. But so, it, you know, sorry. yeah, so I think that that's another aspect. Well, and that's a valid say. point because, yeah. I mean, when I was, I, 
I was part of the original cast of Phantom of the Opera for seven years, when we first started hitting the scene in Canadian cities, people theater people were outraged because the ticket prices, one ticket price was more than an entire season at their regional theater, and people would say, well, this is just going to completely obliterate small theater, when in fact it did the opposite. It brought people into the theater that otherwise would have never gone to theater, and sure, they were not going to go to regional theater and see something on the level of Phantom of the Opera, but they got inside the doors and thought, wow, this I think I want to see more live production. So it actually was generating into, uh, 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 it generated income. It did the opposite effect to what people thought that it would have. But on the topic of money, do you feel like you are at, is art at jeopardy of losing funding, both on a local level and on a national level? I think it always is. You know, or if you take a look at the hierarchy of, 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 of cuts, mind you, interestingly enough, in this federal government, although it hasn't got any increase in funding, it hasn't been cut, which everybody thought it would would be, and it still probably might be. But yes, you know, it, it's always it, it, it's always at the bottom <laughs> of the whole hierarchical scale. Art is because it's the first thing that I think everybody thinks can go in in, in, in any time, uh, when in fact, you know, I, I personally believe that it should be at the top because it's what creates communities, what what creates dialogue, it's what cre- holds communities together, it's culture, it's building culture, it's it's all those things that are important to us as human beings living on this planet. And and yet we get so stuck in the sort of the capital sort of idea of art and, and what it is, which is, you know, it is a reality of what it, it is in today's society, but at the same time, there's so much more that, that, that it can be. But yes, it's always at, I think, at risk of being cut, uh, when in fact it's such a little part of the real sort of public. Well, and art stimulates the economy. It's been proven to stimulate economy. So it's actually a really great investment, um, speaking even from a, uh, maybe we'll say an extremely conservative perspective, it's a great investment. Um, And I think it's actually an international phenomenon, this uh, having to constantly defend uh, culture and and the arts and and funding being sort of like cut on on a global level. Like when I was in Iceland, there was that temperature from, I I had people there from, there were people from South Africa, there were people from Ireland, there were people from the States, there were people obviously living and working in Iceland, and the story was the same. No matter what country people were from, it was, uh, the, the arts are con- were struggling, constantly in jeopardy, and even these places like Iceland, that incredible tourist industry and, w- industry, and what brings people is the culture, is the architecture, is the art that's there, and yet still they're struggling to get, you know, any matter of public funding to make work, and I think that's really backward thinking, because uh, it is an investment, it's an economical one. Well, Jean-Sebastien and I just came back from uh, Portland in, in terms of working on a project uh, there uh, out of necessity. But Portland has a fantastic uh, public uh, art pro- uh, mm-hmm. program going on in that city. And I don't know if it's partially because of that, but the atmosphere in that city is so different. You know, it's, it's, what do they say? It's a place where young people go to retire <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. But just walking the streets and, you know, on every corner and every slump, there's a piece of art. It makes a difference. It, to the to the atmosphere of the city, the uh, the sky up boxes around the city. For me, right. I smile every yeah. time I go by one of those. I think there's something you know that's beautifying that that's that's, that's introducing thoughts and people's hand into the public, you know, into our sort of man-made world, our mechanicized world. And so for me, I think that it's one of those discussions I think it's really important is how committed our cities uh, to creating space and opportunities for artists to to truly make a city. You know, world class, as they all like to say, and all that sort of stuff. 
And the other thing that is interesting of all this uh, talk about public art is 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 that uh, the city just approved a one percent for arts policy just uh, two weeks before this happened. So it might have been a reaction to this person too to that. Well, so, I think it's, it's, so. There's it's a lot of layers to this story. Like it's May. It, it's there's no just barely any green anywhere. Like. People get grumpy at the end of winter. It's like, hey, I'm, it's like people get grumpy. It's okay, but like we live in a place where it's winter for six months. It's winter six months of the year. Like half our lives is winter. But again, and then when we realize that in the spring and we see something we don't like, and it's like that piece of some, like sculpture there, well, that's art. That's open, that's open season. Anybody can trash art. You know, anybody can be anybody can go after something like art because it's open, right? Are you saying it would be better received in July? I think people are distracted doing other things too. But I mean, like people can people can get upset about whatever. Like there's a time that people get grumpy too, and like. But what I find interesting too is that uh, we have other recycled materials in the city. Some of the the pieces that are rust, um, rusted metal mm-hmm. is recycled from from uh, places that they dispose them, and artists go there and do this transformation mm-hmm. of this piece. What is the difference between one piece and the other? Because one, I cannot, uh, I don't know what part from what uh, material, uh, what material from what part of industrial thing is that it was transformed into something, or this one, I feel guilty about being one of those that uh, don't think about this work. Yeah. It's just, I just think it's fantastic. I it's think so it's an age-old question of, of labor and skill and time invested, and it's just sort of like, I think, a little bit of a dated concept of, uh, of having to have a direct correlation between looking at something and being able to assess that it took a certain amount of talent and skill uh, immediately visually being able to assess that it did. Uh, and I don't think all of the best art necessarily um, comes out of like a direct direct sort of um, tactile material invested uh, skill agree. like uh, this yeah. idea of talent is is really troubling to me because there's all sorts of ways to express things through materials and one of the things that keeps getting noted on a lot of these blogs and things is they'll link out to my website and she can paint why did she do this yes. well that is a good question <laughs> you know <laughs> why did I do it so I it comes back to beauty and it, I don't think that all work should be beautiful I don't think that life is completely beautiful and democratic so why should art represent anything other than life Mm -hmm. Uh, it shouldn't be always utopian and and certainly it can be and sometimes it's lovely when it is Um, but I don't I don't think that that's the the mandate of art is to to represent something really palatable and pleasant hey it's Kevin I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just a quick reminder that the Sascapes podcast is available for free on your favorite podcast app, or you can stream it from your browser. Check out the show notes for the link. On the Sascapes homepage, you'll notice something new under the logo called Sascapes Plus. You can't miss it. There's a big button saying support with a heart icon next to it. I'd love it if you could click on that button and help keep this podcast series going. When Sascapes launched in May 2014, it was the first podcast in the province celebrating arts, culture, and heritage. In fact, you'd have been pretty hard-pressed to find any Saskatchewan podcast. So I'd like to think that we paved the way. It's been because of your support that this podcast is now in its ninth year. 
Okay, that's it. Enjoy the rest of the episode. But the other thing at issue here is also public space, which hasn't really come up. And the way that, you know, how we feel invested in public space, how we feel invested in our neighborhoods and and that kind of stuff. I mean, like Alejandro alluded to the ads, like I'd way rather see your found compressions than <laughs> some of the ads I come across that are billboards or yes. bus shelter ads or and whatever. They don't, they don't ask or the community. Roads, if you nobody, need nobody gives, right. but nobody blinks an eye, right? Yes. So for not me, that's an interesting question yes. to ask people. So like, how come you're okay with this yes. billboard, but you're not okay with this? Or how come, you know, or with Walmart that takes all yeah. the small business from your community. I'm okay <laughs> with that, but then I'm not okay that all my I'm okay also that all my business in my small community are going to go out of business because Walmart or this big box store. So there, there's a lot of layers, and that's How much the beauty. Spend on building a yeah. road. Yeah, you know, like. There's a road like, I, that the work is on, I and that a, has to be maintained for had X a, amount. Of, I had a set in one of my know, meetings at the, at the office because they were looking for ways to just uh, 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 do something with the roads and the potholes. And I said, well, fill them with public art. <laughs> 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 and drive around. <laughs> well, you can do the, but, uh, but I mean, the opposite of the compressions is those expansions by right. Cesar. <laughs> and it turns out the expansions have already occurred, and there's garbage spread about the city yeah. all year round uh, by people driving uh, or the wind. Uh, whatever the wind, uh, the wind and, and everybody throwing stuff taking out the out. <laughs> <laughs> they're birds taking out of the garbage containers and the wind yeah. blowing it out away and then it's in front of your lawn and then you just look it and then you expect the city to pick it up grab it and throw it in the garbage it's yeah. just your responsibility too you know it but if I pay like 40 or 50 dollars in taxes then I want to not have to pick up in my neighborhood because I could just be mad. Mm -hmm. Like, if I pay $40 for anything, I want to be able to be mad about it. <laughs> if I don't like it. And I'm like, I speak, this is $40. If you can't take it back, then you should be mad about it. So that makes sense. You know, it occurs to me that not everybody moves through life constantly seeing inspiration and uh, you know, I mean, I I was watching you, Alejandro, when we came into and you picked up the magazine that was out on the table and said, "That's beautiful." Mm -hmm. I, I I observe artists and I can see artists taking things in constantly um, and, and feeding off of that. Not everybody does that. Yeah, not, you know, not everybody wants to. Not everybody, not everybody has that built into their personality. So, how do we reach out to that person? Um, well, I think there's a lot of different ways you can engage in public art, and I think there has to be room for every, 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 every way, from the individual artist creating works to collaborations mm -hmm. to collaborations with the community. You know, like I know that in the project that uh, Jean Sebastien and I are working on right now, we engage the particular public greatly in order to create that mm -hmm. piece, and in fact, it's a reflection of their you know, desires and stuff like that. So, of course, the aesthetics of that is going to represent them, not necessarily us as individual artists, although our hand is in greatly in there and mm -hmm. greatly influences the piece. That's one way, you know, but yet that, that shouldn't discount the fact that, you know, the same with Skyop, you know, in terms of engaging the youth in creating work within the city, giving them a sense of purpose within the city. I think that that, you know, things like that, there are many different ways of going about it, and they all should be all should be actively engaged at all times within the cityscapes. And I think the individual artists too with creating works, it creates an opportunity and a space for us to, to build and understand and, and move forward. So I think in combination with all the various ways, I think, and then I think in Saskatoon that does happen. 
to, to some degree. I think, of course, like anything, as an artist, which should happen more, which would create more of a dialogue and create more of understanding and more of an appreciation within you know, it just class. occurred to me that I think it would be tragic, and most people would agree, if the work that you're doing, Tammy, um, if we were to censor the youth who are trying to find their voice and focus through artistic expression. In fact, almost all those uh, boxes the city has, yeah. they have dictated the themes. Yeah. We're, we're going to paint one that uh, for Keeley's Street Meat Festival in the summer that the artist has total control over what's going to go on there. So that's one out of 56, I think. So how how are it's the others being censored? Well, they're just a theme, right? So okay. we have uh, we have to work within some guidelines. Right. Okay. So, you know, it's never really quite what they want. And even in their own personal work, I mean, they they can do whatever they want, but we have, you know, we have a gallery and people come in to look for art and we have we work with a lot of aboriginal youth and we'll get people saying, "Oh, Oh no, that's not what I want. I want, I want, you know, like, like the warrior on the horse, and uh, that, oh, that's too dark. That's too dark. And but that's their work, right? Yeah. That's what they want. That's what they're yeah. trying to discover. So, so we're yeah, we're working with these young people to, you know, see that that's some of the public is going to think that, yeah. say that, feel that. So you have to sort of you don't cater to it, but you you got to know it's there, yeah. and you still got to develop what you want, right? And then our graffiti artists who. Um, are trying to to do their sort of urban style art it, it is the same thing you know it's kind of it's too out there it's too something so they still they're still doing it they're still you know but not a lot of people not as many people are appreciating appreciating it as we would hope but you know we're still putting it out there so, so there are limits there are still limits yeah and how do you feel about that well i don't think it's good i mean right. i i i would wish that you know that like you know, there is that. They, well, my my people are kind of they're they're emerging, but they're also like not even ready to defend some of their work mm -hmm. because they're not even there yeah. yet. Mm -hmm. But yeah. they know what they like. They know they, what they want to do, mm -hmm. and a lot of them know sort of where they want to go with their art, and some don't, and some just want to do pretty things, and that's fine, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's their choice. There is a kind of misconception, too, that somehow you need to have an understanding of what you're doing to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, for it to be okay to make anything, you should know why. And it's like, that's not true. It's and part of the process. Like, I, I, I hardly ever know what the hell I'm doing for my work. Uh -huh. And once I do it, I start figuring out what I'm talking about. Right. Like, that's how I work. Right. I'm not, that's valid because I can do it and I do it. Like, it's valid. It's there. It's like I bring something into the world and it's my utterance, you know? Like, and I'm allowed to do it and I'm allowed to talk however I want. That's part of the privilege of being part of an open society. Like, I can say whatever I want. I can say shit right now. You can cut that out if you want. It doesn't matter, <laughs> you know? Like, but, like, it's done, you know? Do you want me to say that again? It doesn't matter. Like, I don't have to respond to... Uh, like we don't have to create these things that people are like, oh, I've prepared a, I, you don't have to prepare a statement before you have an idea to do something. If you want to dig a hole because you want to learn about it and then you realize that art is a space where digging a hole means people will ask themselves other questions about it. It's like, that's enough. Like art about like spreading things to the wind has been like developed in like random procedure art from the like 1940s 
You know, there's like historical. Anyway, but even if we were to bring like Adrian's, you know, David, Michelangelo's David, (laughs) and put it on the corner of 33rd, there'd probably be some people who are upset because of the nudity. But 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 I guess not now. People would be lining up and playing, paying mega. No, they would be complaining. They would be complaining that the penis is not in proportion. Always something in the Royal Ontario Royal Ontario Museum. There's a big fig leaf that Queen Victoria had commissions to cover up the David's penis. I don't mean that to denigrate or to to, to, to say that people are uneducated. What I mean is that everybody has a different opinion. And that's okay. That's fine. But it's based on experience, too. You know, like, I I remember when I moved here, I I felt neutral in in a lot of these things because, and I I perhaps shouldn't say this, but it feels that what is happening here, I I saw it happening where I came from 50 years ago, you know, when there was uh, an economic boom and everything started in transition. Well, I'm not saying that we are 50 years behind. I'm just saying that that uh, transition is occurring here in, in, in the province. So I neutrally see these changes and all these mm-hmm. communities trying to flourish. And then some other just want to hold back with their with, with what they have or what they know because they feel safe. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a big fear of change. Mm-hmm. And I think changes are great. And I embrace them all. We're, we're talking a lot about public space and uh, what Laura and, and Tammy both were touching on is this idea of of spaces that are, are owned publicly, that, but that we operate in privately. And some things within a public space yeah. are private, yeah. but they feel public. And so uh, this is a lot about boundaries and yes. about shared spaces. Yeah. Um, artists, for example, street artists, young graffiti artists, uh, a lot of whom do incredible work. Uh, there's a label, a value put on that immediately. And if it's done in a public place that's like a publicly owned place but it, but it feels private or in other cases like the Warman Wall it's a private property but yeah. it's done uh, it's so publicly it's public, that yeah. people people backlash against it so I think it's what people consider valuable but it's also yeah. these spaces that are sort of liminal and they, they, they're hard to define um, there's an artist that we're going to be screening a documentary for for the Street Meat Festival um, that Tammy touched on, uh, who is a street artist, and his name is Rodesworth. He's from oh, yeah. uh, Quebec, and he does really lovely yeah. work. Um, but what he does is he's working with stencils on, on road yeah. lines, so it's like this totally strange space yeah. where um, it's like these fantastic, beautiful things that are happening on the street with paint, and they're, they're so seamless that they just smooth right into it. And people adore them, but because it's public property, yeah. he actually was in a lawsuit for yes. like $300,000 yes. in order to like defend his work and he was trying to decide but the public pay pay for him to be out yeah well I mean he does fabulous work right and people were behind it but a lot of people backlashed against it so it's it's another uh, I'm very interested in these works that that sort of push these ideas of what what is public and what is private. I think Laura's work does that oftentimes mm-hmm. too, like mm-hmm. these these sort of your experiences that you've had with your yeah. um, <laughs> with your photo um, installations yeah. that people have yeah. had different varying but degrees of or, 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 or t- yeah. sort of t- temporary installations that have been up for, for a longer period of time. Like in one context, like I presented the same work at the Works Festival in Edmonton and the Street Performers Festival in Grand Prairie when I was living there. Exact same work. Oh, everybody loves fabulous lots of questions so engaged and then you put it in front of the you know a civic building for a couple months and people, what is this trash what's going on here <laughs> so context is and that's what i mean by context is i keep coming back to that but context is everything and and i think you know someone is expecting to encounter something out of the ordinary at a, at a, at a at an art festival at a street festival and they're expecting it to be on the street 
And in a way, we're giving artists permission to take the street over for a certain amount of time, right? And so I think with public art, like your piece or other work that stays in a location for a longer period of time, I think that's a really valuable question to ask and a really good conversation to have. Why is this billboard okay? Compressions is not. Why is, you know, why was my work okay in the context of a festival, but not okay, you know, for a couple months in front of a, a civic building? That's a discussion we should be having. And as, as Saskatoon grows and, you know, the living becomes more dense and we're all on top of each other and these public spaces become more inhabited and everybody's going to want a piece of deciding how that it, plays out. we got to talk it's about It's ownership it. too, you know. Yeah. This is my territory. I own it. And you, if you don't ask permission to me to put that there, you're going to just hear me, you know. And, and yeah. it's just that sense of ownership that some neighborhoods have, and which is a good thing. Like, like we got a lot of great feedback, like the, the, the community is in, is in change, and they felt that uh, uh, we need to just uh, listen to them a little bit more about uh, gentrification. So that's a piece of information that because of that piece of art we have to supply to the neighborhood planning people. And then, so, so there's always the positive aspects of these things that we sometimes don't look or overlook. And, 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 and it's important to just have that open mind, open mind to just look at things from different angles. And, and these people that don't like the art, I, I just challenge them to just come with an open heart and open mind to see, okay, I don't understand it. I don't like it. It might be called art, but mm -hmm. I do a lot of things also that other people don't like. So it's okay for now. You know? mm -hmm. That's a major point is just like that it's tolerance. It's like, what do we tolerate from each other? It's like, these are things, some people, some people are bothering to make something for, for individuals to see and whether they want to tolerate that or not is a question they can ask themselves with anything. But like public art is a is a major point that it's unsolicited um, in the sense that people are just walking, you know, with their groceries or whatever. People even but are, will they be tolerant of something they see or not is a totally individual choice. Mm -hmm. But like we can we can celebrate it in different ways. And like that's that's where our agency comes in, you know. And people even complain about the other person's the, the way of dressing or the haircut or, you know, like it's human kindness. I don't know why, but that's yeah. what it is. But I think it's a matter of being critical of something and not just eliminating, like beginning at the conversation of of whether or not it's art to me is inane. Like, let's yeah. let's just pretend that um, I, I called it art. So now okay. I, if it's on trial, it's on trial as a work. It's It's being, we take collectively and decide with whatever arsenal we have, uh, is it good art? Is it is it effective art? Mm -hmm. Now there's a conversation that yeah. I'm interested in. If we start already at the proposition of it being art, and we say, well, no, it's you know, it's is it art or is it garbage? Which was a poll that the Star Phoenix had. Which is too funny. Because it is garbage. <laughs> 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 oh, but it's not. It's recycling, <laughs> and the work is all the more effective. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's like it's very funny to me. It's comical, but it's also like. Yeah. Horrifying in some ways because seventy-six percent of people said garbage, and I said, well, you know, you know uh, sorry, I would hope that a hundred percent of people would just 
ignore that conversation altogether and move yeah. on. Okay, like I never once said this was an amazing piece of work. <laughs> I stand behind having done it, and yeah. I feel good about having yeah. done it. I've learned a lot, and I think it'll lead to other investigations. But uh, it's it's to everyone who's involved with it now to decide whether or not it was effective. But to decide whether or not it's art, I mean, that was a question that we proposed in 1917, yeah. which is almost 100 years ago with Duchamp's first yeah. found, you yeah. know, his first ready-made. I think that's inane. Let's yeah. get past it. Yeah, I, I don't, you know what, I have to disagree with that. Because I think what is art is a really valid question. And and so uh, what what is art? I hate it. I'm going to tarp it or light it on fire. I've had people have threatened to light my sculpture public <laughs> art on fire. So at least you didn't get that. Um, but, you know, I think that's a valid question. And I think it, it, for me, standing there trying to talk about a car that I turned into a terrarium, had a lot of interesting conversations and I had people walk away say, I don't really agree with you, but I kind of see what you're trying to do. You know, so I, I I don't like looking down on people who don't have the same knowledge of art history that I do. And I don't like um, the conversation to be, well, you just need more education because you then you'd understand it. Mm-hmm. I Yes, That's- absolutely. We <laughs> all need education. OK. And like, I wish that. You know, every person knew as much as a five-year-old European kid does about art in Canada. (laughs) I do. But at the same time, like, let's, if we can make it a safer space instead of, like, you just don't know, why don't we say, okay, well, let's talk about it. Okay, so there's this guy, Duchamp, and he, like, had a urinal, and he put it in an exhibition, and he signed his name on it, and that's what started this whole chain of events to leading up to this. And the person can at least walk away and say, well, I don't agree with you, but I kind of get it a little bit more, right? No, I completely agree with you, and I don't think I was meaning to imply that No, but um, it's a threat. I think some of the comments that have been made can be interpreted that way, and just because this isn't meant as a discussion just for artists, I think it's important to acknowledge that, you know? Totally. I think you're super valid and what I guess quickly what I what I had intended was that like let's say for example I walk into a cafe and I look at what's on the walls of the cafe deep inside of me I might say you know F this it's not art like this is garbage (laughs) to me but I'm not going to start there I'm not this an artist an artist from a different um, perspective from myself made this work and put it out in the world and said this is art I really appreciate what I'm doing I want you to appreciate it as well I can then look at it and critically say well by my standards it's it's not it's not something that I am personally interested in but if I came at that work and just said this is not art that would to me not be a valid discussion so not in the sense that like every single person should know what a ready-made is like good god why don't you Mm -hmm. more (laughs) like but I just want to clarify that for people who are listening to this who are not don't have the background because it'd be really easy to get your hackle up and say, well, totally, those that bunch of elitist whatevers, you know. <laughs> and, and I do think the majority of artists really do take the time and effort to actually really? let people yeah. know what their work yeah. is about. And I think the majority, most of the artists Dude, I if know. If you're working in public, yeah, you're you working got it. in public because you want to do that, yeah. right? But I also like to flip that around a bit and put the onus back on the viewer, too. Yeah. Is the fact yeah. is, is that why does it always have to be the artist who has to explain what the work is? Shouldn't the onus be on the viewer to actually, if whatever their reaction to the work is, okay. is to for themselves educate themselves? Mm-hmm. And that's, I, and I think that's important too. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think it's, 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 it also puts the agency back on the person to be able to live in this world as we all do but, and take yeah. responsibility in terms of understanding their world and the environment they live in. And it's respecting <laughs> and dignifying <laughs> exactly. them as a viewer, like saying that you are smart enough to. Engage 
engage you you know it's yeah. not being pejorative and saying like this is beyond you I can't yeah. you know you can't begin to understand it like I mean I don't understand my work at all half the time before <laughs> I really had time to like sit down and investigate it and even when I f think I've figured it out then there's a million yeah. other questions and ways yeah. to approach it and someone else can bring something to a yeah. work for me as much as I can bring something to them so mm -hmm. that's a way of respecting a viewer is to yeah. give yeah. them that agency and the and the story of the work evolves and that's what art is supposed to do in, in many ways is to help help the story of that piece evolve you know like uh, like as Jean Sebastian said often when I make or when we create work we don't necessarily know what the heck we're doing <laughs> and, and, and we do it yes. and we put it out there then we start getting all these feedbacks as to what it is and it grows that story and it will grow well into the future and and by the time that we're long gone our work will probably have a totally different story a hundred years from now you know and I think that that's interesting too and so again it, it puts the onus back on the viewer to be to be interested and and if they're interested whether that's in a negative or positive way i certainly would want to go out and find out why well why am i having this negative feeling to this you know i know most people don't really well, do, but you take don't the time to, to try to find you that out to, right? <laughs> this is the thing like the the work is something like it takes up a place and that's exposure and it doesn't need anything else like that's art like art is its own thing like you put it there and it's its own thing it's what it is it's art like if somebody decides to place an object anywhere and they've got the intention that uh, of it people are faced with it you know it's like there's a sculpture of a book in front of a library that's interesting it also looks like it might be a bench mm -hmm. i can sit on it i don't ask myself about the intention necessarily when faced with an object that is there in front of me I can just work with it you know and that's everything like you you see a doorknob you don't ask for the intention of the doorknob you know to turn the handle to get through the door like art is itself like presenting a message and we're exposed to it you don't have to like it or you know but you the exposure is enough after that this kind of discussion that occurs around it is well, not I superfluous but I mean but the flip side of that exposure, right, is like we're talking about the public, but also this was Keeley's first public piece. Fantastic! How amazing that we have a program in the city that gives a young artist the chance to learn about public art in this way, like trial by fire, I guess. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, everything I've learned has been through experience, too. And I think people come to art sometimes assuming, A, that we, you know, everything, okay, there's a very specific, you know, that it's not open to interpretation or whatever, but also that this person, you know, has a million years of experience and knows exactly how it's all going to play out and, and that kind of stuff. So I think maybe we can also come from this specific instance and conversation to like, okay, you know, there are young artists in the city that need support and need space to try out ideas and, and fantastic. Maybe we need to have regular town hall meetings on a monthly basis where it's just open forum to have people these, don't these go. kinds of discussions. <laughs> people don't go. That's not true. We people do, do go, but people talk about it like amongst each other. Like they do sit at coffee shops and say, what the hell is this? You know, about anything. Right. And that's like their space to bring it out. And it spreads word in the newspapers. And However, and obviously squeaky wheels. 
But I think it will be, I mean, then you guys ought to start hanging out at more coffee shops so that you can start being a participant in the conversation because I think this dialogue is hugely valuable and I think that a lot of people listening are already hearing things that they simply wouldn't have imagined, that that half of you don't know, that you all don't know where you're going with your piece when you start. (coughs) Who would know that? Well, I, I, for, like, I do uh, workshops in schools, mm-hmm. and I present ideas. Actually, it's kind of funny, but I present ideas by a sculptor that I really like, Robert Morris, who mm-hmm. does these kind of um, felt sculptures, and it's like showing gravity and chance occurrence. And so he throws work around the gallery and leaves it on the ground, and um, it's like pieces of brass, pieces of felt. I was in uh, Chicago, uh, and I visited one of his works, and the... The, the guy next to me who was the security guard was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> he stands there every day with the work, right? And he's like, what is this chance occurrence stuff? Mm-hmm. So I explained the artist statement, and then he went over and read. I was like, oh, I really love this work. I, like, I'm <laughs> here from Saskatoon, and I, I'm like so pleased to see this because I teach kids about mm-hmm. how like being able to place objects around a room randomly is art. And it's been an idea that people valued enough that 50 years ago, like in 1964, somebody brought forward and it's enshrined as like this kind of placeholder for that idea in a, like at the Metropolitan uh, or the, the Chicago uh, Art Institute as like something that this idea is valid as art. Mm-hmm. It was like, look what this thinking uh, brought forward. And uh, like I try to go to kids and say, let's take this bag of stuff, which is literally bits of string and cardboard recycling materials and plastic, and we just throw it around the room. And it's like, for the next 10 minutes, everything we spread about the floor is art. And we look at it, and you can see them actually change their their understanding. It's like, for five minutes, they're like, why do we have all this garbage? And it's like, we're going to make some random artwork. And they're like, random artwork? What's that? And you're like, I'll show you. And we spread it out, and you can feel that people's like energy change. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, this can be something else. And it's like everything can be something else. So we we just have to like keep trying. It's like sounding out. Yeah, like yeah. that's what we're doing. That's what the art it's is. Like the art the being there is sounding out the idea. Like people yeah. walking up to the everything. Like the same way all the other built material around us is sounding ideas, right? Like it bounces off us and we feed back. And so you, you know, a rambling kind of. No, no. When I was looking at when, when I looked at the picture of found compressions wrapped in tarp, <laughs> my own artistic sensibility looks at it and goes, "I wonder if the person who took exception to your work knows that what they've just done yes, is actually art." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been done before. Crystal. Yeah, but, but yeah. because the statement is, "I choose to ignore that." Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's the yeah. it's I don't want to look at this yeah. because it's ugly. That in and of itself is a yeah. huge statement. Therefore, they're a profound artist and they yeah. don't know it. <laughs> Perhaps he's launching an artistic well, career. It's, it's easy. It's easy to step up onto something that's made to place another. It's like copying is a form of flattery in that sense. Yeah. Like It's a lot easier to, to walk into a gallery and say, I could do that, and then go and it's like, yeah, sure, go ahead, do it. You know, like, that's art. Like, there's no, you know, there's nobody who's not allowed to 
step up. Have you ever met the fellow who wrapped your I haven't. Um, I I know a lot of people who know the fellow, yeah. but um, I don't know. It doesn't seem very useful to in, to engage mm-hmm. with him. Like yeah. I, I specifically call him irate taxpayer because oh. <laughs> it seems to me that um, it, it, he's prompted a lot of discussion and uh, for that, I mean, it's super valuable. I think it would have happened regardless, but not at the level that it's happened without uh, him being a catalyst. But, um, but I don't really, I don't know if it's super helpful to engage with him on the level he's chosen to, just because there's been so many opportunities for, as, as Alejandro was saying, for him to discuss with me or with anyone else in other ways. Like that uh, panel that was beside the work, which had a short description, also had a link to a blog, a scan code to get to it. It was like half a block away from the library if you don't have a computer it had my email address and like yeah. you could have there I, I made it I tried to make it yeah. as Accessible. easy as possible to get in touch with me to talk to me about the work I was I had put there that I would post things to my blog so that we could have dialogue but I find that way really hard to engage with mm-hmm. it's never worked for me before and I think mm-hmm. it's time to we, to reevaluate it we have another piece like this year uh, last year was a very interesting for the city because we have this other the the piece the that wrap uh, other art but we also but that had the permission of the artist and that was part of our uh-huh. uh, uh, when they got accepted we said we well, you need to look for the uh, for the artist permission because because they have copyright and it's more of rights and all those, uh, that mm-hmm. conversation. But we put another, uh, uh, an artist from England with local artists in collaboration with local artists did a piece in the Persephone Theater, a light piece. That is the first time that we just go in the public realm like that. And what I find interesting is that people think it's an advertisement for the plays that are in the Persephone <laughs> Theater. But you know, I, I have to disagree. I think that, I mean, if I were to, if I were to rethink this, I might have brought that person into this conversation. Or there may be another podcast that has to mm-hmm. happen. Because I think as valid as what you were all saying, um, he, you know, that that voice, that voice needs to be heard. And I would, I would, quite frankly, would give him the platform to say sure. it. Because I think you guys could benefit from, from hearing what's going on inside. Sure. I think what he represents is super valid. Sure. And maybe I would get like, you know, other community members involved. But I think maybe just because of this sort of strange and maybe maybe this is just overthinking it. But the strange, like political Mm -hmm. seeming nature of his engagement, it seems to me encouraging. But that said, what he represents, the the Mayfair community, the sort of uh, we'll say like non art persona like that is super valid and super important. And I would like to hear what that person has to say. Absolutely. And I have heard um, people have been emailing me directly. I've yeah. taken the time to directly respond to them as well. But to give them a platform like this, I mean, I think that's great. I'm dying to ask this question to all of you. Does Is there a line to be drawn in the sand when it comes to art? Is there a point in which any of you look at something and go, okay, that's too far. That's That, that breaks... Uh- that that that's no longer being groundbreaking. That's inappropriate. I don't think it's so much of drawing a line, but I think that there are some things. You know, I'm a performance artist as well. Mm-hmm. There are some things that I think about that I want to do, mm-hmm. and then I think about it and I say, no, I don't want to do that. Quite simply, one because then that's a personal choice, mm-hmm. and it goes through my own editing process within, and and. And, and so there be what it means, maybe it, it relates to indigenous protocols or, or a number of the things that I just won't do it because I, I don't have the rights to do it or stuff like that. But if I had the rights to do it, I could do it. So there's a whole other sort of elemental thing there. But I, but I think that, that 
artists for the most part, I, I believe, self-censor themselves. You know, that's, again, the research we do. You know, there are some things that we will do and some things we won't. Sometimes we'll deliberately push it past the lines and 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 maybe we don't know we're actually doing that at the time either so i think you know i, I think that, that there is some things that that and, and also context and, and and time and too you know uh i can give a number of examples but there are fine lines and i and i think that artists often make the choice to to cross or not cross those lines right. uh when you cross them I think it creates a really interesting dialogue, but you also have to be prepared for to take the heat for it, you know, and stuff like that, and be and be reasonable about how you do that. As I would expect anyone criticizing to be reasonable as well, because often, you know, and I see this this argument from the taxpayer sort of perspective is unreasonable because it seems to be just really heavy-handed, heavy. You know, it's like this is bad, bad, bad. You know, has he sat down and talked with you as a human being face to face? You have a whole different set of communication factors. We live in a, a sort of a world of anonymity through media where you can basically, you know, say anything you want without fear of repercussion or for the person punching you in the throat. <laughs> you know, so I think it's, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's, again, it's those fine lines. And, and I think artists, for the most part, will censor themselves if, if they feel this goes too far. But sometimes you want to create that controversy. You want, you, maybe the, you know, maybe it's, it's in a topic that's so important in our society in this time, in this place, that you have to say it. And then you have to put, cross those lines. Mm -hmm. And and there's a reason for that. We may necessarily not necessarily know what those reasons are, but there there's something there. It's so do you all set your own moral compass as far as and I I, I mean I'm not talking about going breaking the boundaries into doing something illegal, but I mean, do you all set your own moral compass as far as how far is too far? I think so. And I think like there's civil disobedience and, right. and like there's societal norms and sometimes you do stuff that isn't permitted and like that can be an expression as well just like you know you go appeal some law like if you're a lawyer you know you can go appeal some law that I mean the democracy is resetting boundaries mm -hmm. right like we agree on something together we change the rules if we don't feel it's right you know like we we make up those limits and art is pushing on what's the edge of some people are pushing at what's the edge of what we're allowed to do and some people are pushing a different you know uh, weight and they're interested in elevating a discussion on you know what's what's pretty and ugly okay and what's and what's heavy and not and like the the limitations are like what we agree on together but like I actually think anything can be art. Does that mean every day I'm like everything is art? Not not always, but like if uh, and I have this trouble where like as a as working with performance work, like I know people who've endangered their lives mm -hmm. to make work, mm -hmm. and I know there's artists who die making their work, mm -hmm. you know? And should they be able to? I think yeah, I think like everything should be art. Just mm -hmm. like I should be tolerant of everyone. You know, like, I don't agree with uh, politics. I don't agree with going to war. Uh, I'm, I'm still tolerant of other humans. Like, I'm tolerant of other, like, soldiers who have gone and shot people and because of political, uh, you know, uh, situations. I don't think I want that to be art. I don't want that to be around. Like, I don't want politics of starvation to exist. But, like, do I think if an artist wanted to starve themselves to death, it's okay? Like, do they want to own their utterance? Do they want to be what they 
are trying to say like that's the that's the line that we get so like i think we should be able to do that and do, do we have to face it as a public like yeah, we have to face each other you know, like whatever we're saying I don't think there'll ever be a resolution to this conversation, and I think that's probably a good thing. Yeah. The second we arrive to a, uh, at a conclusion, we're probably in more dumb? danger than we realize. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, <laughs> is there anything as we draw this conversation to a close for now that each of you want to say to listeners about understanding who you are um, as artists um, is, there, is there something you want to leave a listener with? I have one thing. Mm -hmm. Just that when we're making art, I mean, as people have described, it's an utterance, right? Like you you do a bunch of research, you think stuff through, you experiment, and you're really just presenting one point of view through your view, right? Through your lens. I, I view art as a lens that I see the world through. And I, I think I just invite anybody who's listening to the podcast to try to do the same thing, right? Like just, this is my utterance. This is the way I view it. What do you bring to it? And let's have a discussion rather than, you know, I'm not trying to impose anything on you. Don't try to impose anything on me. Let's just have a conversation. Mm -hmm. I, I will add to that, that uh, the practice of art is very difficult mm -hmm. in the sense that uh, as every other human being we need to pay bills mm -hmm. we need to pay a uh, family uh, if we have children and, and and all those it's very hard because research doesn't get paid and i think uh, people should be a little bit more tolerant to art to artists that choose to practice a career that sometimes is is seen as 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 fairy and and is not on respect is not respected as it should be like other professions that are more mainstream. I encourage people really to just uh, put themselves in the shoes of an artist mm -hmm. and accept the fact that they are also artists that choose not to be one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the same thing. Is that uh, as artists we are a part of the community. We're not something outside of the community. You know, we're your, we're your spouses, we're your neighbors, we're your We're friends. watching yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so we are part of the community. We, com we contribute as much as anyone else to the community, both economically and more so creatively. And that's, that's our choosing as artists, our discipline, our work, our life's work. And so I think that often within these discussions, artists almost seem as the isolated sort of individual who's come into the community to cause all sorts of havoc. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not the case. We are part of the community, mm -hmm. you know. So I think that that's important to realize and, 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 and support as we support everybody else in their choosing, chosen roles in their lives. I look forward to all of you continuing to have a profound impact on the city and beyond with your work. Thank you so much. This conversation has been invaluable, and I've waited a long time to make it happen, and I'm glad that we could. So thank you, and uh, thank you. I hope thank it you. continues. Yeah. I hope it continues. Thanks for listening. The Sascapes podcast is created by Kevin Power as part of the Culture Days Animateur program operated by Sass Culture. Funding to the cultural sector is provided through the Saskatchewan Lotteries Trust Fund for Sports, Culture and Recreation. If you want to hear more of these podcasts or to see the great work being done by other Sass Culture animateurs, please visit www. 
iHeartCulture.ca. Special thanks to Paved Arts in Saskatoon for their technical support. Music for Sascapes is provided by Saskatchewan-born singer-songwriter Jeffrey Straker. There is no end to the stories to be told. So, until next time... <laughs>